0: Comic Book Tales is an immersive comic book experience for the new or lapsed comic book fan. I take a closer look at the comics that shaped my childhood and influenced my adulthood. Comic books are an amazing entry into another world and even provide the pictures to complete the fantasy. Join me for a new Comic Book Tales adventure. Hello, 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 and welcome to Season 2 of Comic Book Tales. Um, I just got finished reading, f- again, The Untold... Um, story of Marvel comics. And it's funny how you forget certain things because they didn't impact you. And it was almost like I was reading a different book again. Uh, But it got me thinking about the demise or maybe the implosion of comic books in the early 1990s and what kind of led to that. And it would be a simple story to say, speculators, And speculators were part of the problem, but they weren't the only problem. So in season two, I kind of want to branch out a little bit into what I see as the possible downfall of comics um, in that period of time and understand something. It wasn't exclusively a Marvel thing, but boy, Marvel had a lot to do with it. (laughs) Uh, Marvel... Marvel this is not one of those bright spots in your history and I think there's a lot to be said for maybe um, remembering what you did and trying to maybe do better in the future. Now all this led eventually to the demise of Marvel um, and the purchase by Disney so they were down and out when Disney bought them. Well what you probably don't realize is that Marvel had changed hands a number of times Uh, Going back as far as the the early 70s, when Martin Goodman sold off the product, sold off Marvel, along with his magazine business, kind of ran it for a little while, and he was gone. Uh, And that all happened in the 70s, but that precipitated what we saw in the early 90s into the 2000s and into today. So the first thing I want to talk about in this first episode issue is the work for hire. Um, most notably, the big proponent, or not the proponent, the, the person we most remember for in the work-for-hire deal was uh, Jack Kirby. Um, Jack Kirby came up in the 40s, 30s and 40s, um, predominant with Marvel in the 60s into the 70s. Um, but noticeably, as he aged, he got more... He appeared to be more angry and more belligerent and more um, put upon. Um, you know that, that's one man's opinion. Obviously, everybody can take it for what they want from what he said and what he read and all the things that go into that. So all what a work for hire really means is that I pay you to do a certain job. your work for hire. You're not an employee. Uh, think of it as somebody you getting your bathroom remodeled in your house. You pay that contractor to come in and remodel your bathroom. He is paid to remodel your bathroom. He is not an employee, not a permanent employee of, your, of you or your family. He comes in, does the job, and he leaves. Work for hire. Seems simple, right? Well, <laughs> it's not that simple. I, I wish that it was, but it's not that simple. So, historically, in comic books, as in most places, when an artist or writer created something, it was more the artist than the writers, but that still delved in there. But the, the artist felt that they owned what they put together and because they created it. The artists have always felt that this wouldn't exist if I hadn't created it out of thin air. Um, and Stan Lee's made the argument, but they wouldn't have something to create if they weren't told what to create. Now, yes, this artist's vision is to, I take direction and I put something on the paper and you either like it or dislike it or we change it or whatever, but you need both sides. It's like the chicken and the egg, which came first. Well, you need both. You you truly need both. You need somebody with the idea and you need somebody with the ability to create that idea. Um, so if you didn't create it, you maybe you're halfway there but the whole work for hire thing really stemmed around the fact that these artists predominantly felt that when their creations in quotes um became popular and started making a lot of money they weren't get they weren't seeing that money so we'll go back to the handyman or contractor who remodels your bathroom remodel your bathroom they do the job You're happy or unhappy, but you pay them, they leave. If you sell the house next week and it makes more money because the bathroom was remodeled, the contractor doesn't get paid more, typically, unless you've made some sort of arrangement. They don't typically get paid more because they remodeled your bathroom. And I look at this in the same vein. You were paid to do a job. You agreed to do the job for that amount of money. Everything you did is owned by the company who paid you to do the job. You don't own anything else beyond that. It doesn't matter if you created it. You don't own it. Interior designers don't own the homes they design. They're very beautiful. It came out of their imagination. But at the end of the day, they don't own the home. They just, they're the ones who designed it. And they were paid for that job. Work for hire. Well, Jack Kirby and many other artists began to feel like they were being taken advantage of. And here's the reality. They were paid to do the job. And this, I've always felt this way. Even after rereading this, I don't think Stan Lee went out of his way to give somebody else credit for things. Stan likes the credit. Stan likes to hog the credit. But he did say that other people were involved in those things. But I think they were very thin-skinned and felt that they needed to get more recognition. Um Marvel's the first company to put in letter, you know, who lettered it, who wrote it, who inked it. That kind of thing. So they were the first to do that. So pushing, pulling, kicking and screaming, they did it. And it was a it was a band-aid on an open wound, but it was still something. You know, when Kirby created this stuff, he he was still known. Stanley still gave him shout-outs in the in the book that he was writing. And the Marvel method, as we talked about in season one, the Marvel method was basically it was plotted out by the artist and Stan would go back and fill in the dialogue. And if the art didn't match what he thought he was going to put for the dialogue, he changed the dialogue to match the art because it was easier that way. He was doing all the books at that time, so it didn't matter to him. It made his job a little easier to do. And I think for that reason, Kirby and a lot of other artists at Marvel specifically, not only at Marvel, but a lot of them at Marvel, felt that they did a lot more work than a normal artist. And there was problems at Marvel when they couldn't get somebody who could handle that type of method because they needed complete direction, and that's not how Marvel worked. We give you an idea, you run with it, and you make it a certain way, and you do a certain thing, and I'm able to put my my words in afterwards and make the whole thing come together. DC didn't operate that way. DC operated more of a collaboration. The artist would draw what the writer told them to draw, and it wasn't a lot of free freewheeling. And some people like that and some people don't. Some people like the freedom to do what they want. And a lot of the comics showed that in the 60s and 70s, sometimes in the 80s. But what happened, this work for hire just kept festering and festering and festering. And Jack Kirby eventually left Marvel, went to D.C., promised the world, didn't get what he thought, came back for a little bit, promised a lot of things, didn't feel like he got it. And he was just bitter to the end of his life. His wife was bitter. Uh, about how she felt she had been treated. and what you're gonna find throughout this whole theme is it's about respect. that's that's what that's what all these people were craving is respect, respect, respect. Forget that they were paid and was it a pittance? Sure it was a pittance. But you got to remember, and I, I try to tell people this all the time. the company took the risk to put your work out. They fronted the cost for the printing, the distribution, the time, and all the contracts that went into making all that happen. You wrote and you you drew. Yes, you did something, and you were paid for that. Was it handsome? No. But you had a chance to negotiate that, and you took, the, took it as it was offered. The company put more risk into it than you did. Therefore, they deserve the lion's share of the profits from that. You're never going to convince most people or a lot of people that, you know, just because you created it, you don't deserve more of it. They always There's always this feeling like, oh, if I had to come up with that on my own, I'd be a millionaire or a gazillionaire. And maybe you would. But the reality was in the 60s, if you weren't working for a publishing company, you weren't going to get your art seen. You weren't going to put out a comic book because you couldn't afford to. Yet somebody had to do it. Now, in today's day and age with the Internet, could you put out a webcomic? Yeah, you can put out a webcomic. Is it going to get seen? Maybe. Maybe not. But you'd be the owner, the creator, and getting all the royalties that come with that. So the work for hire thing, as we progress through this season, you're going to see it. It it is the impetus, in my opinion, behind the collapse of Marvel Comics and DC Comics and the comics world in general that they barely came back from um, to exist as what they exist today. And some would say... The comics have never fully recovered from that time. Um, I don't know that I disagree with that completely. I think there's bright spots, but we're going to get into that. So as we progress through this, I just want you to think about that. And I want you to say, okay, I see your perspective. I agree. I disagree. We'll see what happens from it. But I think you're going to be very shocked to see this, this lineage of work for hire that just wouldn't go away um, and eventually led to the decline. So that's episode one. I hope you've enjoyed it. I think it's going to be interesting because not a lot of people have talked about this area. They thought it would work for hire, but they haven't really tied it in, and I think this is going to be interesting as we delve into this. So join me for the next episode as we talk more about the progression of the demise of comic books. Thanks for joining me. I'm Chad. I'll talk to you soon. Tree Production.